It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. Hour number three of the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the Sports Betting Network. I am Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, and my partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, and part two of the divisional round is getting ready to kick off at Lambeau Field, the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. The Niners were the only underdog to win outright in the wild card round, their big win over the Dallas Cowboys. They are at Lambeau to take on Green Bay, who, of course, is the NFC's number one seed. They've had a bye week. Now, Green Bay had a bye week prior to a couple of games at home that were followed by a meaningless Week 18 game on the road at Detroit. This is the Packers' third home game in their last four and their fifth game at home out of their last seven. They are undefeated at Lambeau Field this season and are 7-1 and one against the spread. Now, the Niners, this is their third straight road game, their fourth game on the road in their last five, and their sixth game on the road of their last eight. Over that span, San Francisco is 6-2 and two straight up and 6-2 and two against the spread. I made this number three in favor of the Packers, James, and when I crunch the numbers, I come up with San Francisco minus five and Green Bay minus a half point. And right now, just prior to kickoff, uh, Matt Metcalf here at Circa, he got his wish and got a little more Packer money. He's now up to five and a half, and that is exactly the consensus number across town here in Las Vegas. Packers minus five and a half with a total of 47 and a half. And if you go back to San Francisco's Super Bowl year, 2019, they beat Green Bay twice that season. The Packers won in Santa Clara in 2020 and again on the road earlier this season. That one fueled by some last-second heroics by Aaron Rodgers. So it's two wins apiece for these two teams in the last season or in the last three seasons. And Game 5 coming up here tonight between the Packers and the 49ers, James. For the San Francisco 49ers in that first matchup back in week three, different offense from what we see, what we saw then to where we are now with the commitment to running the football and in particular with Elijah Mitchell and how he was, he didn't play in that game. It was Trey Sermon who was getting the bulk of the carries. He had 10 carries for just 31 yards. San Francisco did not rush the football well in that matchup at 21 rushes for just 67 yards. 
that's not going to be that's not the recipe for success for San Francisco, especially going on the road where they had Jimmy Garoppolo in that week three matchup. Throw the ball 40 times. Not going to see that tonight. If you see Jimmy Garoppolo having to throw the ball 40 times, uh, this is probably going to be a one way street in favor of Green Bay. So that's where San Francisco is going to be. This is what it's going to have, not only with Elijah Mitchell pounding the football, and he's really fit in well with the zone blocking scheme and especially the stretch and the outside, being able to cut back. You put your foot in the dirt. You find that you find that crease and that cutback, and he does incredibly well finding that seam and running between the tackles with power, as does Debo Samuel. I think that's the other piece here. Debo Samuel in that matchup, he had two rushes for no yards running in that game. I think I suspect that's going to be a completely different game plan for the San Francisco 49ers in this matchup, and that's what I'm looking for, playing them in the first half plus the three-and-a-half running the football not only for 30 minutes, but that's going to be the commitment for four quarters. They're going to have to try to think – I think the defensive front, everybody's going to be back healthy. Well, we'll see how relatively healthy. We know Bosa has cleared concussion protocol. He'll be out there. Fred Warner, how gimpy is he going to be with that ankle? That That's something we'll have to keep an eye on as this game begins, Brady, and how does he sustain through the course of the, of action being able to go out there? We know he's not 100%, but he's out there to, to compete. He's the, he's the leader of the middle of that defense. But here for the Green Bay Packers, how long does it take the Packers, Brady, for them to to get up to playoff speed. You mentioned the fact that, yes, they had the bye, and that's what you want. You want to be able to to lick your wounds and let everybody else beat up, in it, beat up on each other in the wild card round, and we saw some injuries really impact that defense for San Francisco rolling into this matchup. But also the fact that the Packers, not only is it the rest versus rust type of situation, but I think it's longer for me than just having a bye week. Yeah, they did play their starters for the first half in that Detroit game, but it was a preseason game, and it felt like a preseason game. Add did so many of the other games that Green Bay has played down the stretch. When you think about their schedule to close out the season, they won, they clinched the division back in Week 15 against Baltimore, and that was their high, the most competitive game was that one-point win against the Ravens on the road. Well, we know the Ravens were starting their third-string quarterback. They had third-stringers all over the field in that matchup for Baltimore, but it's really been kind of coasting in my mind since then. Uh, playing a game against Cleveland, it was really kind of a nonchalant effort out of the Green Bay Packers' two-point win in favor of Green Bay at home. Minnesota, we saw that game on Sunday night starting their backup quarterback. That was a complete mess of a game for the Vikings. So it's just been kind of a uh, the last month or so, really, to me, Green Bay has been kind of coasting through these games, and it's not just something that where you can just turn it on and turn it off when you want to. They know how to compete at this level. They've been here plenty of times, has Aaron Rodgers and company, but I think it just takes a little while to get yourself acclimated to the speed of the game, especially the other side with the San Francisco 49ers, Brady, that are going to be physical at the point of attack. When you're trying to catch up to the speed of the game, a lot of times you'll start to see some missed tackles. Guys just are, are half a step slow and not ready to, to wrap up and not in full hitting mode because you really don't hit during the re- you don't hit during practice, and these guys haven't really had to hit anybody for quite a while, so I think that's going to play into the 49ers' hands at least early in this game, rushing the football. Maybe we'll see some missed tackles, and that'll be an indicator that, yeah, Green Bay is just a half a step slow starting this game. Well, Matt Metcalf has gotten even more Packer money, and six has become the consensus number here in Las Vegas. Uh, Right here at Circa Sports, uh, Packers favored by six with a total of 47.5, and again, that is the consensus number 
all over town as we near towards kickoff there in Lambeau Field. The San Francisco defense has really made a huge turnaround in the second half of the season. They have 29 sacks in their last seven games. They've held six of their last seven opponents to 4.8 yards or fewer per play. And a list of those last seven opponents, not exactly cupcakes, Seattle, Cincinnati, Tennessee, the Rams, and the Cowboys. If you look at all the numbers, James, the 49ers on paper are a better team. This Packers team just seems to outperform their metrics. Uh, they just find a way to win games. But when you break down the stats, it would tell you that the 49ers are the better ball club here. Now, Green Bay, they don't beat people by a lot of margin. They average just a four-and-a-half-point margin uh, in their wins over opponents. And if you take the eight teams here in the playoffs, that ranks sixth as far as margin of victory. And you talked about that game in week three. The Packers, another close one. They win that one 30-28. Trey Sermon, the starting running back for San Francisco. Debo Samuel was not even being utilized in the backfield. And then you fast forward to week 16. And you talked about kind of the light schedule that the Packers have played down the stretch. Well, they faced the Cleveland Browns at Lambeau Field in week 16. And we know the Cleveland Browns rely heavily on a rushing attack, just like the San Francisco 49ers have been doing, especially in the second half of the season. The Green Bay Packers allowed almost nine yards per carry in that game to the Cleveland Browns. And I'll tell you, here's another interesting angle, James. Some people say that this game maybe is a flat spot for San Francisco. The travel situation, we talked about how many weeks in a row they've been on the road. They just beat Dallas, who is a longtime rival of theirs, as an underdog on the road. But isn't it possible that that game was their letdown spot after just beating their division rival in the Los Angeles Rams in overtime, dramatic fashion, just to get into the playoffs and then what did they do against Dallas? They scored 23 points. They kicked a lot of field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. They got sloppy at the end of the game. That could have been their letdown spot. Maybe the stock is a little bit low on San Francisco coming into this one. Brady, I rarely look at a playoff game and say, well, this is the flat, pot, flat spot in the schedule for any team. I mean, it's the playoffs. This is what they grind and work all season long for. That's why you lift all those weights, right? That's why you <laughs> run all those sprints so you can put yourself in position to be in the playoffs and compete. Now, sometimes we'll see flat spots from those number one seeds that have kind of, in a sense, like Green Bay, kind of been coasting for a while. And they know, especially on the on the Sunday games where you've seen who your opponent, if you win tonight, you know who your opponent is going into that conference championship game. That's obviously not the case here. And these are rivals. These teams do not like each other. I don't see a flat spot from either team. I think the emotions are going to be high. Both teams come in clearly focused and ready to compete here for this divisional matchup in the playoffs. But I just feel like from the, from the game speed standpoint, that's where not so much that it's a flat spot for Green Bay. They just haven't been playing at that high-energy, high-speed level. And it may take them a few possessions on both sides of the football to get acclimated to playoff speed. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see a flat spot for either team here. This is the game that, honestly, I, I know we've talked a lot about the Bills in Kansas City, but this is the game to me because I like teams that line up and want to run the football and control the line of scrimmage, and that's what San Francisco is. I like those kind of teams in playoff. It's cold weather. It's good hitting weather, Brady. I don't think there's a flat spot for either team. I think it's going to be a highly emotional game on both sides here. I'm looking forward to this matchup. 
Yeah, well, we got a good one in the books already in the Tennessee Titans and Cincinnati Bengals, and we've got three more to go, and we're hoping for equally competitive games. We talked about it on the top of the show that uh, often often this divisional round is the best week of football there is, and uh, so far so good with the Bengals squeaking out a thriller over the Tennessee Titans to get us started 19-16, to the final in that one. Um, the situation here for San Francisco still is no doubt a very difficult one. How about this, James? The playoff teams playing at least their third straight game on the road, 4-25-2 against the spread. That is a tough mountain to climb there for San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. They will kick off here momentarily. Haven't seen the coin flip yet. Who's going to start with the ball and who will get the ball to start the second half? We'll tell you what that story is when we come back on the other side. More of the pro football blitz coming up. And Luke Easterling will join us next to talk about the Buccaneers. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSAN is a part of your plans. We'll be there throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage at vcin.com, leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the vcin betting experts before, during, and after all of the action at vcin.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz, and we are lucky enough now to be joined by Luke Easterling, he is the editor of the Draft Wire and also at the Bucks Wire. You can find his work in the USA Today, and you can follow him on Twitter 
at Luke Easterling. Luke, thank you very much for joining us. And of course, we'll talk about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers momentarily, but they're about to kick off in frigid Lambeau Field for the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers here in Las Vegas. The Packers are currently a six-point favorite with a total of 47 and a half. What do you think happens here tonight? Do you have an opinion on what might happen in Green Bay? I'm definitely interested to see what happens. I think that if any team is, is built to go into Lambeau with, with these kind of temperatures and, and still win the game, it's San Francisco. The way they play on both sides of the ball with the physicality they have on offense with the running game, as long as they can take care of the football and, and don't get in a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo has to has to win them the game by throwing the ball too much, I think they've got a shot here. But it's going to come down to their defense being able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and, and get after him, force him into some bad throws and, and into sacks and that sort of thing. Don't let him take advantage of uh, of Devontae Adams. I know he targeted. they targeted him 18 times the first time these two teams played. They're going to try to do the same thing, I'm sure, this time. So got to, got to get pressure on Rodgers, and hopefully we'll have a close, entertaining game here. Well, Rodgers is on offense first as the 49ers kick off, and Rodgers behind center from about his own 31-yard line or so. They will get the ball first, and San Francisco will get the ball first in the second half. All right, Luke, let's talk about the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, of course, had a relatively easy victory over the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in the wild card round, and it was similar going for the Los Angeles Rams as they took care of business over a division rival quite handily in the Arizona Cardinals. And it seems like coming into this contest, uh, the, the Rams feel like the shiny new toy, and that's kind of where the buzz is, and we've seen that in the betting markets. Uh, a lot of the books uh, out here are taking some money uh, on the Rams plus the three points, but I know my partner James and I, we like the Buccaneers. It feels like uh, people are forgetting about the champs. I think I, somebody like me might be doing it as you know reverse psychology on the universe, right? I, I, we'll talk about the Rams all day and how they should win this game, and hopefully that translates to the Bucks reminding us that they're the defending Super Bowl champs, right? Because I think if you do look on paper, you know, not only are these two teams very different than when they faced in week three, the Rams won that game by 10, but you could make the argument that the, the Rams got better and the Bucks got worse just because of the injuries, right? Uh, if you look at what the Rams have added in Odell Beckham Jr., uh, what they've added in Von Miller, and you look at what the Bucks have lost in Chris Godwin, their leading receiver, and really the focal point of that passing game. Obviously, they lost Antonio Brown. Injuries on defense have been a, a bit better. Uh, last week, part of a big reason that the Bucks did have that dominant win against the Eagles was they got Levante David back after a few games. They got Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul back in that lineup, and the defense was finally whole, somewhat whole again. But the offense lost Tristan Wirfs, their all-pro right tackle, on the first drive of that game. He tried to come back couldn't he's going to try to see if he can play a Sunday with a high ankle sprain just a week after that. And that's really kind of unheard of for that injury. Ryan Jensen, their pro bowl center uh, went out in that game with an ankle injury. He came back and finished, but he's going to be banged up for this game. It's just, you know, what the bucks have, have lost and what they might be missing on Sunday. Again, I know they're going to get Levant, uh, Leonard Fournette back. They just activated him from injured reserve, but you know, that's what makes me lean towards the Rams in this game is that the, the Rams have gotten better. And the Bucks have lost so much really on offense right now since these two teams played in week three. And the, and the Rams beat them then, too, by two scores. So it's, it's going to come down to whether or not the Bucks can take advantage of the fact that they're at home. You know, the Rams had a shorter week playing on Monday. They're the ones having to make that long, you know, cross-country trip to play this game. And, and they really are somewhat of a different team on grass than they are on that home turf in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. So definitely some reasons that the, the Rams should win this game and the efforts they've put into this team. But 
you know, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady this time of year. Luke, thinking about the Rams and where they're rolling into this matchup into Tampa Bay, but they have their own share of injuries. Left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, he's already been ruled out for this contest, and both starting safeties are not going to be in this matchup against Tom Brady and that offense. I'm wondering, how do you see this Tom Brady offense? Let's say Worfs doesn't play. We know even if he does, he's not 100%. What can you expect out of the passing game for Tampa and Tom Brady, depending on the offensive line, but also the fact that you've got two backups having to step in, young players on the back end of that defense for the Rams. Is that something that you think with Brady, who loves to throw the ball down the seams and not afraid to throw the ball down the middle, can take advantage of the the, the mismatch there in the back end for the Rams? Yeah, I think, honestly, one of the most surprising stats about the way the Bucks' passing game operates is how little they've used play action this year even though they're very effective at it when they do. And honestly, I I expect that number to go way up uh, on Sunday because one of the biggest ways you can slow down a a really great pass rush is with obviously a great play action game that forces them to respect the run instead of just pinning their ears back and coming after the quarterback. So I expect to see the Bucs run a lot more play action Sunday than we've seen throughout the regular season. And and a lot of that will be part of it. You you, you play action and you take those shots down the field if you get those linebackers and those safeties cheat up in the box against the run which again, having Leonard Fournette back is going to be huge uh, in that in that regard as well, because they're going to have to respect the run, I think, a little bit more this week. Uh, but that that that's what I expect. I expect a lot more play action, those deep crossing routes, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. One of those other young guys is going to have to step up and make some plays as well, whether it's Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller. Rashad Perryman is out for this game. Maybe it's a veteran backup tight end like Cam Brate that comes up big in this game. But especially with those in- injuries up front with the offensive line, Bucks are going to have to help Tom Brady out by not just sitting him back there for, for a bunch of regular dropbacks. They're going to have to use the play-action game more than they have. Luke, uh, we it seems like the offensive line is kind of a guessing game. How effective are they going to be? Will Worfs even play in this game? But what about Leonard Fournette? It looks like he will be a go, and if he is, how effective will he be? Well, last week he was really expected to go. He, he's been on injured reserve and had missed three or four games, and, and really all week he had practiced, and it looked like he was going to go, especially with the fact that Ronald Jones, uh, the backup running back, was going to be out. You know, everybody was really expecting Fournette to go. So on Saturday when the deadline came and went last week for activating Fournette from injured reserve and he wasn't activated, it was a bit of a surprise uh, to most people who follow this team. That tells me that the, the Bucks were being extremely cautious and if they thought that, that Fournette needed any sort of pitch count or, or would be any kind of limited this week, they would probably do the same thing. So the fact that he was activated means that I think he's going to return to his normal role, which is a, you know as a huge part of this offense, not just as a runner, but obviously in the passing game, he's been a huge part of that as a receiver out of the backfield. His ability to pick up uh, blitzes as, as a blocker uh, is huge for this offense as well. So I expect him to have a full workload and, and be a huge part of this offense as he has been all year when he's been healthy. Think about the defense here for Tampa Bay, and in a sense, their base defense. You talked about the injuries all season long. For the most part, this is the, this defense is finally getting back onto the field, the same Super Bowl defense that we saw last year. Has there been any talk about this defense feeling like, and maybe this team in general just feeling like, hey, we are the defending Super Bowl champs, and all the talk is about the Rams and how they are going to be able to move on and, and put us in our place down there in Tampa. I mean, to beat the best 
you, to be the best, you got to beat the best in this sense. And I'm just wondering, for Tom Brady, he's always trying to find ways to motivate himself and his team. And in this defense here, feeling like they can get after Matthew Stafford, and, and in my mind, a kind of a soft offensive line for the L.A. Rams. Are you feeling like there's a sense of disrespect right now for the Super Bowl champions? I think there is, and I think they like it that way, to be honest. I think this, this defense in particular plays its best football when they have that, that chip on their shoulder. And I think, again, getting Levante David and Shaq Barrett back in, in particular last week was huge for that defense. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, the, one of their three young safeties, has really been playing the best football of his career this year. Had a great game against uh, Philly, obviously Mike Edwards, who really doesn't play that many snaps for this defense, but still led the team in interceptions. Is just a big play guy. When he gets around the ball, had that great interception against the Eagles on Sunday. Antoine Winfield, we know what he can do as well. There's so many playmakers on this defense, but now that they're mostly healthy, I know JPP is still a little banged up. He's going to try to keep playing through it. Uh, but the rookie first-round pick, Joe Tryon Shoyenka, has been great this season as a rookie. Obviously, Vita Vea in the middle is really the anchor of that entire defensive front. But, yeah, I think the mood is definitely – you know, it's understated. They're not going to say it out loud, but I think if they were honest in that locker room, they are definitely watching and, and seeing the narrative going into this game. Uh, that's all about the Rams and all about Cooper cup and Odell Beckham jr. And, and what the Rams added bringing in Matthew Stafford to kind of take their offense to that next level. I definitely think they look at that offensive line and say, Hey, you know, we can get after the quarterback. We can, we can make some problems for this offense. Uh, and I think they take that disrespect and, and that fuels it. All right, Mr. Easterling, thank you very much for joining us. We've got to get out of here. Enjoy the games this weekend, my friend. Yeah, you guys do the same. My pleasure. All right, that is Luke Easterling. You can follow him on Twitter, at Luke Easterling. He is the editor for At the Draft Wire and At the Bucks Wire, talking a little Buccaneers and Rams. When we come back, we'll update you on the 49ers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers and company in the end zone. They take the early lead. with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all for free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. The Green Bay Packers are up early on the San Francisco 49ers, 7 to nothing. They got the ball first on offense and a very well-executed drive by Aaron Rodgers, mostly Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And, James, I don't think San Francisco played awful defense. Uh, it was just a really well-orchestrated drive by the Green Bay Packers, and eventually A.J. Dillon rumbles in for the score. The extra point is added by Mason Crosby, and the Packers are up 7 to nothing. Now the 49ers got a very good kickoff return turn the uh, coming back the other way all the way out to their own 40 yard line they did get a false start penalty and then that really kind of made the drive go south so San Francisco punts it back to Green Bay Green Bay will start on offense with the lead a seven to nothing lead and about eight minutes left to go in the first quarter the Packers now to a ten and a half point favorite in the live market your total just about where it closed up a tick to 48 and a half your initial impressions on this game so far James 
Well, where's that lack of speed that I was hoping was going to be there for <laughs> Green Bay from not having played at a high level for quite some time? Uh, I mean, welcome back, Zadarius Smith. He got a big sack on third and long against Garoppolo. Really blew, I think it was the left guard Tomlinson, just completely blew him up. So Zadarius Smith hasn't played since week one of the season. Been on injury reserve with a back injury. These are the first snaps he's taken since that came back in September and was able to just blow up that 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 offensive lineman and get right back into Jimmy Garoppolo. And I guess in this sense here, at least Jimmy Garoppolo didn't try to force the football, go ahead and take the sack and see defensively what we can get out of San Francisco on the second drive. We talked about some of the injuries, Bosa back out there on the field. He was questionable this week with a concussion. So he is playing tonight and Fred Warner, what was he going to look like coming off his ankle injury that he suffered in that wild card round against the Dallas Cowboys? Well, he looks just fine out there. He had two tackles, one tackle for loss, zipped right in there and wrapped up, racked up Jones on one of the running plays. And you could see him bounce around, plenty of energy. His ankle looked fine. So from a health standpoint, the 49ers look fine on the defensive side. It's the secondary. And we knew that was going to be the the concern for for me. That was the concern for the 49ers defense, that secondary. How are they going to match up with Devontae Adams? You mentioned how he lit them up in that first game earlier this season and no answers so far through the first drive for the Green Bay Packers. Devonta Adams, Aaron Rodgers doing whatever they wanted to. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty well played on both sides. The San Francisco secondary made some really good tackles. There were really no yards after the catch. You mentioned Fred Warner. Absolutely. He had a tackle for a loss in the backfield. Uh, so both sides of the ball playing very well and Aaron Rodgers and company again just orchestrating a, a very uh, efficient drive there to put some points on the board. We'll see if uh, they can do it again here as they get the ball for the second time, forcing San Francisco to punt. Uh, 7 to nothing Green Bay, and now the live market actually moves the Packers to an 11.5 point favorite. Uh, your total still at 48.5. Aaron Rodgers and company will start on offense from a, looks like about their own 25-yard line, and now under seven minutes left to go in the first quarter. Uh, James, of course, we were talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams, their game coming up on Sunday. And I want to get into the player prop market. We talked about these a little bit earlier in the show. And, you know, our guest, Mr. Easterling, in the last segment, and, and you and I have kind of alluded to this, uh, that it seems like the storyline coming in is, you know, everybody's really high. Uh, the, the Rams are fat and sassy. You know, Matthew Stafford finally won a playoff game and Cooper Cup and Cam Akers is back. It it seems like all the talk and all the headlines is about the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, I, I think for that reason that you might have, like, let's say a Cooper Cup, okay? His, his receiving yards total is almost 100 yards, 99 and a half yards. Now, I kind of hate to go against Cooper Cup but maybe it's the situation here to to do so because everything seems to be a little bit elevated with the Rams right now. It, it does. And one playoff game and all of a sudden now this team's going to go on the road and beat the defending champion Buccaneers. And I know the Buccaneers have some issues on the offensive line, but so do the LA Rams coming into this game. And, you know, recency bias, does that play into it? Because it was just a week prior to the wild card round last week Monday night where the the LA Rams had a 17 to nothing lead against the 49ers at home and 
and couldn't hold on to that. They lost that game in overtime in that second half, and really uh, they got beat up on the ground. Garoppolo had a big drive, and I know the safeties went down in that game, and I think that's probably the biggest concern. Once those safeties went down for the Rams, you saw a different Garoppolo throwing the football in a different point of attack, not only throwing it but rushing the football too. You're, you're talking about the, the that was the – those were the top couple of the top tacklers for the LA Rams were those two safeties. Well, they're not going to be available in this matchup. And now you've got Tom Brady and he's seen it all. Whatever fronts you're going to do. I don't think this is going to be a defense for the Rams that are going to, they're not going to be able to come out and do some exotic looks, a lot of pressure fronts and try to do anything to confuse, not so much confuse Brady, but confuse the offensive line, especially if you may be having a couple backups in particular, Tristan Wirfs at the right tackle position uh, and some communication issues that might go on anytime you have some some new players on the offensive front but I think they're going to have to be pretty vanilla Brady defensively because they're going to have to protect those two backup safeties that are playing they also have a backup linebacker in the middle that is not going to be there so you you've got some some players down the seams that are stepping into a role that they haven't performed at before especially at the playoff level and now you're going to have Tom Brady Tom Brady's the master of being able to to forget about confusing him he's going to confuse defenders and what they thought they saw on one side is not what they're seeing going the other way I think we're going to see some big play potential out of Tom Brady in that passing game. I know they're they're shorthanded at the receiver position with Godwin as well as Antonio Brown sitting on who knows where he's sitting at right now. But I think there's plays to be had because it's just hard to replace those types of players in that secondary on short notice. Uh, big play at Lambeau Field. Mercedes Lewis, the tight end for Green Bay, catches a little flare pass uh, from Aaron Rodgers and immediately hit and fumbled. And Dre Greenlaw recovers for the San Francisco 49ers. So Jimmy G and company come back on offense right around midfield. Uh, still a few minutes left in the first quarter there at Lambeau. Green Bay still maintaining a 7 to nothing lead. And now the live line drops to the Packers minus 8.5. Your total dips to 47.5. Um, despite you and I liking the Bucks side here, James, as far as the prop market, I think Tyler Higby the tight end for the Los Angeles Rams could be a good bet on over his receiving yards total, 42 and a half. Uh, if Cooper Cup is going to be the guy that they're going to try and shut down, and it's hard to shut down not only Cooper Cup, but this entire Rams receiving core with Beckham and Van Jefferson. But it seems like Higby has become a real security blanket for Matthew Stafford, and especially if they're behind in this game and he's going to have to start slinging the ball around, I think Tyler Higby over 42 and a half yards is worth a look. I do too. I, th- I think that's a great point, Brady, thinking about where you're going to have to, what are they going to do with Beckham on the outside cup? If he's moving around within the slots and try to bracket and roll some of that coverage, are you going to drop a safety down to help out with that? What does it look like for the linebackers? Cause the linebacking crew, yeah, the, the, the bucks play a three, four, but a lot of times you're going to see five, six, seven guys at the line of scrimmage. Doesn't mean that they're going to bring all six or seven guys after the quarterback, but they're going to disguise some coverages. But that means for Higby, being able to recognize where they're at with some of these matchups, because he's going to have, if they're in man, he's going to have some opportunities one-on-one to make some plays in the passing game. And if they have to drop back and bring these safeties back, they're going to have some zones in the middle of the field to find it and sit down. He's a veteran. He's a veteran tight end. Stafford's also a veteran player going to be able to read those defenses and find some of those opportunities to find Higby. So I like that 
I, I like it from that perspective where you're going with it, Brady. I also like the fact that we had talked about this earlier because of the back end for Tampa. They're getting healthier, but it's still it's, it's, they haven't played together for quite a while, has this defense. And we talked about the safeties and the issues on the back end for the L.A. Rams. One of the the looking at one of the props here with the longest pass completion for both of these quarterbacks, Brady and Stafford are sitting at 38 and a half. I, the, both these teams are going to have to throw the football. That's what they're going to rely on. That's why they brought Matthew Stafford over. They didn't bring it for him to hand the football off to Cam Akers. They made that trade because they want Stafford in these situations, and it's to throw the football down the field. I think there's going to be opportunities for big plays down the field for both of these quarterbacks. 38 and a half, longest pass completion for both of these guys. I like the over in both of those. Yeah, no, I really – oh, okay, so it's a separate prop on each yeah. guy. It's not just yeah. anybody to throw over that length, right? Either one, either one. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I would probably take them both as well. Uh, and is there – what is it, minus 110, or you can just go yep. over or under? It's minus 110. You can go You can go under that, too, at 38.5. It's juiced to the under at 15, but just based on the personnel that's out there, knowing Brady and Stafford, I think there's opportunities to be had for a big play, 38.5 yards. I like those for each one of those players or each one of those quarterbacks that have that passing completion. Yeah, I, I'm with you there as well. Absolutely. We'll review some more props on the other side. Also, update the Niners and the Packers. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game, Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all-access to everything we do from now through April the 5th for only $69. 
Sign up now to get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. And it was a big deal there in Lambeau Field. Looked like we had turnovers back and forth there. First, Mercedes Lewis, the tight end for Green Bay, turned it over to San Francisco. And then it looked like Brandon Ayuk had done the same thing, catching a pass from Jimmy G and giving it right back to the Packers. But the pass was ruled incomplete. The call was reversed, and the 49ers uh, survive and get new life there, but they end up having to punt anyway. So it looks like Green Bay will have the ball back now. Just about two and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Green Bay will have it around their own 20-yard line with a 7 to nothing lead, and they move back into the double-digit category here, or territory, rather. Ten-and-a-half-point favorites Uh, are the Green Bay Packers in the live market and the total continues to tick down 45 and a half now your current number I I think what I can learn most of all from all of this James in about six or seven degree temperatures with a wind chill it's hard to hold on to the football yeah those extremities are frozen and we're going to see that as the game continues to go along you don't just get those you know, fingers and toes, and we saw that with Ayuk on that last one. Didn't He failed to catch the ball with his hands. He let it get into his body, and that ball was kind of sitting on his bicep, really, so never had good security of the football. But, yeah, the cold is definitely already playing a factor with guys holding on to the football. Right now, to me, the bigger factor offensively for San Francisco. Haven't, been able, haven't had a whole lot of play, so really haven't got any running game going Dropping back to pass right now, that offensive line is getting handled. We talked about Tomlinson getting worked by Zadarius Smith on the first drive of the game for San Francisco on third and long, leading to a sack. This time, Tom Compton, it was Gary who just one-on-one. There are no exotic blitzes, different twist fronts, no stunts going on up front. It's just been straight power rush so far from Green Bay, and on both third and long Third and long plays for the 49ers, that offensive line has not been able to hold up. Yeah, they're going to have to get the running game going, which should help change that situation. But you're right, they haven't had many opportunities to get anything going. Green Bay now uh, at their own 20 on second down and has moved to a nine and a half point favorite in the live market. Uh, Let's go over some of the props. uh, Finally, as we wrap up the show here for the Buffalo and Kansas City game, that'll take place on Sunday night at Arrowhead Stadium. Currently, the Buffalo Bills about a a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Your total in that game continues to tick up. The consensus number is 54, but there are some 54-and-a-halves in the market, and that's up a full point from where it opened at 53-and-a-half. I know you like the over in the game, James, and I think I'm there with you. I I have not made the play, and I don't know if I will, but I think that's really the only way I could go. And, you know, we, we see so many of these big games and, you know, two high-profile offenses like the Bills and the Chiefs, and it just seems like the sucker play to take the over. But quite honestly, that number seems a little bit short to me. I could see this game hitting not not necessarily where the market's going to take it, but I could see this game easily going over 53 or 54. Yeah, call it the square, call it the sharp. I don't care what it is. Yeah, just, call just it a win, baby, at the right? End of the day, right? I know I don't care. I have the 
label me. I just want to be labeled. I won my ticket. I don't need anybody to give me a label. I could care less what anybody else thinks. I just want to cash that ticket at the end of the day. And I couldn't. I couldn't get there thinking about how can I see this game other than the fact that if these teams offensively bog down in the red zone, that would be the only way that this game goes under and they kick threes. But even at this rate, this is these aren't teams that are going to be settling for field goals. We're probably going to see your fourth, fourth and goal or fourth down in the red zone. Both these teams are going to rely on their quarterbacks and their offenses to go win this football game. So I just couldn't get there in any way with that total to say there's a way I can make a case for the under in this matchup. But you mentioned the props. And so thinking about the props, I do have the bet on the the passing yards for Mahomes to go over his 280, 281, and what have you. I, I just think there's going to be a lot of room in between the 20s for him to throw. I think we'll see a lot of deep safety coverage for the Buffalo Bills. Keep everything in front of you. Come up, wrap up, put a hat, tackle tackle well in space that they do uh, but Mahomes has shown that he will be patient to find plays that what the defense gives you and I think there'll be opportunities between the numbers for him to throw the football and and rack up a lot of yardage throwing the ball the other one that I was looking at was uh, Devin Devin Singletary and his rushing attempts it's sitting at 15 and a half as juice slightly to the under at a dollar 15 is pretty much where I see it but 15 and a half attempts for Singletary. And I know the Bills have done a better job of trying to find some balance rushing the football, but this is in a case to go to the AFC Championship game. And now we know the fact that that AFC Championship game will be hosted by the winner of this game on Sunday night because it is the Cincinnati Bengals that are moving on. It's not the number one, number one seed Tennessee Titans. So here I think... For Buffalo, they're going to roll it. It's all going to fall on the shoulders of Josh Allen, and I think he's fully capable of handling that handling that load, both throwing the football and running the football. And, yeah, they're going to give some some complimentary touches. We should, I'll just call it that for Devin Singletary. But they're, if they're running the football and he has more than if, – if he has 16 carries or more in this game, that means Buffalo was grinding out the clock because they were far ahead in this game and moving on to the AFC Championship game. I think this game comes down to the final possession whichever quarterback, whichever team has this football last probably wins this game. That's why I couldn't get, get, get there with the side, Brady. But as far as that prop goes, maybe Singletary is able to get some yardage rushing the football because we know Kansas City is susceptible in their run defense. But here, I just don't see Buffalo committing that many carries, that many touches to give Singletary 16-plus carries in this game. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think it's kind of a tough bet or bets to wrap your head around because I kind of like or lean to over 60 and a half yards rushing for Singletary. And you mentioned it, that Kansas City defense can be susceptible to a big gainer. And I think Singletary may be able to bust off a couple of those. So I think he can probably get somewhere into the neighborhood of 65 to 75 yards rushing. But I also agree with you. I don't think he's going to do it over the over the course of 15 touches. I, I think he might carry the ball. Uh, I'm I, 12 came to mind. I, I, I want to say maybe right. 10 to 12 times is how many times he's going to carry the ball, but I still think he could get over 60 yards. Um, I want to talk about uh, Mahomes. You took over his passing yards total at, uh, I believe you got 281 and a half. He is currently up a little bit at 282 and a half. Um, the other one, uh, as far as a prop bet here, the player props that I thought was interesting, uh, as far as the receiving yards, I was looking at uh, Travis Kelsey at 70 and a half. And I think, James, no matter who you like in this game, 
you just have to figure that Travis Kelsey is going to get over 70 and a half yards receiving. I mean, that just seems like, uh, you know, a, a given day in and day out for this Chiefs offense. And whether you think that Buffalo defense can slow this offense down and the Buffalo defense, obviously one of the best in the league, if they're going to win this game for Buffalo, whatever the case, I don't really care. Over the course of 60 minutes of football, this guy's going to get 70 yards receiving, I would think. And especially thinking about how the defense is going to be played from Buffalo. If what we saw in that week five matchup, the fact that they played two high safeties on 86% of the dropbacks for Mahomes and Mahomes dropped back 63 times in that game. He ended up throwing the ball 54 times. That's what we know we're going to see out of Kansas City. And now I know they were behind and they were behind early in that game and we're playing keep catch up the entire way, but for, for Travis Kelsey, he lives, and he can line up anywhere. They'll line him outside the numbers, but a lot of times he does most of his damage on those crossers, and he's coming between the hash marks. And when you're talking about high safeties playing deep, that second level behind those linebackers, there's a lot of opportunity to make plays and make catches there, and that's where Travis Kelsey can make a living. He's made that living in his career so far, and he's a tremendous player, and we know that he can run all the routes in the route tree, but I think there's opportunities there for those plays for Travis Kelsey. So I agree with you, Brady. I think if you're looking at Travis Kelsey, the opportunities based on what we'll probably see defensively from the Bills, I'm right there with you. The 49ers and Packers, both teams having real trouble catching the ball. The 49ers just on that drive right there, a great pass by Jimmy G over the middle to George Kittle off his hands, and then another one to Jennings right over the middle on third and 12 that he can't corral. Got to be like catching a rock, that football in uh, single-digit temperatures there at Lambeau Field. They punt it back to Green Bay. The Niners had forced the Packers offense into a punting situation, and now they give it back to them with another punt of their own still seven to nothing green bay out in front late in the first quarter at lambo nine and a half the pay, uh the packers favored by in the live market your live total down to 43 and a half that's going to do it for us thank you james have a great weekend of football cash some tickets thank you to our technical crew thank you to our producer dan miller and thank you to all of you for tuning in to the pro football blitz have a great weekend with some football here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.